cuck bunny. Well, that's a weird way to intro the show. Um, <laughs> we're not going with that. Oh. Why not? Cuck bunny, that's a great thing. Fuck it, let's go. All right, hey everybody, cuck bunnies and all. This is the PlayStation Report. <laughs> I think this is episode 56. I, don't, I haven't really kept count since we stopped displaying the number because that's kind of irrelevant information since there's, you know, a title to wherever you're looking at this. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Video games, PlayStation, but more importantly, how you doing? I'm okay, how are you? Yo, I got handed an ultimatum at work today. Did you? And I don't like it, I don't like it. What's the ultimate? They, they, they'd be like, you stay in your position where you at, where you be working two people's jobs. Now, those jobs ain't very hard, but you work in two jobs. Okay? Yeah. My other option is to say, fuck that. I don't feel like doing two people's jobs, man. I'm going to go to one person's job, but that one person's job super stressful, dude. Oh. So maybe I just stay and do two jobs, man, if they ain't that hard. Uh, maybe. Are they paying you? No, they ain't the paying no. two people. No, fuck no, man. They ain't. They don't pay extra for shit. Even if I work Ugh. fucking triple overtime, fucking sinking threes and everything, they don't fucking care. That's the joy of having a salary. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a shitty situation. Very shitty. Damn. That's how life goes on. Yeah. Well, I only got another year and a. Well, less than a year and a half now on mm. my contract. Oh, boy. And then I'll be out in the real world getting a real job, maybe. Who knows? Picking up know. hookers and being a cuck. Yo, man, it's all about hashtag cuck life. Yes. I like to make everything into a hashtag. Tweet at me, hashtag cuck life. At the Arctic Sloth. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag cuckwood. Oh yeah. Right on. Mm. So you got nothing else to talk about here. We're gonna get into video games. Mm. I guess I guess we talk about video games. Yeah, we do. <sighs> you played some video games. I played, I played some video games. What'd you play? Um some uh, Mass Effect and drama. I'm not going to go on too much about it. Um, get a little tired of playing it, to be honest with you. Just because that game has amazing first impressions. And then it just settles into a formula, and the formula isn't that exciting to me. But, I mean, I'm going to keep playing until I finish it, just because, you know, I I'm I'm a good way through the story and stuff, but... Like, the first time you do everything is fucking amazing. But then, you know, I just get a little bit bored. But I did have some awful frame rate problems that I was telling you guys about. It was so bad. I was doing, I was trying to get EOS up to 100% viability. And I had one thing to do. I had to go raid a cat base. And I was at the very end of this base. And I needed ammo. And there's cat running around everywhere. I'm out of ammo. I see an ammo box. I'm running over there. My frame rate just tanks. It tanks so hard. Single digits has to be. And I get my ammo, 
but I'm trying to get behind cover, but the game is freaking the fuck out, yet the enemies are still shooting me and hitting me, and I couldn't do anything. The auto-cover system basically failed on me, and my game just kept tanking and tanking and tanking, and then I died, and then I had to redo, I'd say, about half of it. It was extremely frustrating. That's like the first major, major technical problem I've had with that game. And I mean, there's little bugs here and there. Audio lines not playing. Blah, blah, blah. We've talked about that. But that was really fucking frustrating. As fun as the combat is, man, that was like half an hour right mm. there that I had to completely redo. Uh, and it wasn't on, you know, my own. It's not my own fault, you know. Mm. That stuff's really frustrating. I get very frustrated at games when I die because the game sucks, mm. you know, because the game, the frame rate tanked or the camera is awful or whatever. Like that stuff is extremely aggravating to me. Um, otherwise, I don't I'm not, you know, I don't mind retrying things and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that's that. You beat it, though. Yeah, I did. I did beat it. Um, I came across additional glitches like parts of the ship not rendering you just see out the space where there should be rooms <laughs> nice yeah, some some really, some really weird shit like that um yeah it's i don't know the romance scene that i did was completely unfulfilling really like that's they just go with? they just made out in the lab a little bit and then cut to black yeah who'd you go with i went with suvi suvi so you were rubbing some movies? Oh yeah. Mm. I was I, I I went with a female rider because I liked her character model more because the male rider seemed very generic. I mean he kinda is. So your female rider isn't riding, if you know what I mean. Nope. Not on this playthrough. I might go through <laughs> additionally to clean up the platinum. Which is kind of annoying because there are missable things, some of the remnant puzzles you can miss early on. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I was satisfied with the ending. I, I think the story went into a really cool place, and I think it set up a pretty good, like, landmark, like, just a pretty good baseline for a next set of games or DLC. I think I have a pretty good idea of what the DLC will be, because they kind of hint at it at, you know, that, you know how Bioware has, like, their epilogues in their games, like, mm-hmm. the like kind of like the celebration scene at the end of every game like they do right. in Dragon Age there's something similar in this and one of the one of the people talk about a certain thing that you know you thought these people weren't going to make it there but it turns out they tried to make it there and now they're in trouble mm. but, yeah 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 i mean it's it's fine for what it is uh in I, I, we can maybe come back to it when I finish it too and, and have a bigger conversation, but I, I wouldn't mind if they did a sequel to Andromeda, but just make it what it should be type mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you know, put Mass Effect up to the bar where everybody expects it to be type of thing, because I do think there are interesting things here, uh, for sure. Don't put your B team on your a project right and and also you know other people might feel different and i'm interested to hear what you think on it like 
I don't think Mass Effect benefits from an open world like formula at all. And I think the tightness of the original games, like, yeah, they were still lengthy games, but they weren't open world or mm-hmm. anything. That is Mass Effect to me. In going and doing boring shit fetch quests most of the time on these planets and stuff like that's not fun and i would like to see them go back to the original game and just make a 30 hour game that's you know it has a lot of choices to it and missions and you know you can still have side missions and all that stuff and you know basically just cut the shit out because there are side missions in andromeda that are legitimately really cool to me you know cut out the other bullshit and just make it a much more streamlined experience because I feel Mass Effect benefits from that the most. You know, I can see like I I can see Dragon Age being an open world game. I think it can benefit from it, but Mass Effect just doesn't to me personally. Mm. Yeah, I I think what they were trying to go for is like this feeling of a frontier and expanding, especially with those forward bases and stuff. Yeah, like I see what they were going for, but they could have done that in a tighter experience. Yeah, where like and. I mean, I I have plenty of problems with the game, this game, and we'll get we'll get into it some other time. But yeah, yeah. I, overall, I felt satisfied with my experience. That's that's all I'm gonna say for now. That's good. That's good. Um, the only other game that I've played in significance was um, Parappa the Rapper Remastered. Mmm. So this game came out on Tuesday, and uh, played through it. Um, yeah, I mean, it'll take you literally 45 minutes to play through all five songs that are in the game. The game's built for replayability and stuff, but I played this game when I was a little kid and, you know, just going back to it for the nostalgia and all that stuff. And it, it was nostalgic. I do remember the stuff. And I think the game, the actual, like, gameplay moments and stuff, like, it looks great. It looks really sharp. But they didn't remaster the cutscenes, so the cutscenes are straight from the PlayStation 1. They just kind of up the resolution, you know, obviously. But, like, they didn't remaster them, so they still look really bad. And, you know, it's Parappa the Rapper. The story's nonsense and all this stuff. But the music's pretty neat and memorable and stuff. But the thing... This game is so fucking frustrating, though, in 2017. Because the game is so awful at giving you feedback of, like... Like, I'll go through a line, I'm like, I nailed that. Mm. And my rating is all of a sudden going down. And then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm like, failing, pretty much. And I'm like, dude, I know I nailed that. What did I fuck up? You know, mm. what is the timing window and all that stuff? Like, I, that game, you know, I don't remember it being like that at all. But it in 2017, it's very, very, very aggravating. And... uh but there'll be times where I'm like, I completely butchered that. I'm screwed. And I'll score points and my rating will go up. And I, I'm just I'm just confused mm. as to what what that feedback is and, and the game just doesn't tell you. And I think for a remaster, I do think this is honestly really half assed, uh, because they didn't update the cutscenes and they didn't fix things like this. Um But I mean Check it out if you if you've never played it or whatever. If if you're 
if you want to check it out for sure. I don't think it's a game that like if you've never played it, you know, you're totally missing out type of thing. Um, but you know, you can go play it for an hour, play through it, get a lot of very easy trophies. Like a lot of easy oh, trophies. There's there's where you're getting me. There's there's yeah. where the sharks. Well, here's the thing. The blue. platinum is pretty easy. Basically, if you just get the highest rating on all the songs, you'll pretty much get the platinum. Um, but that's the thing, because you that game is so bad at giving you feedback on the timing and all that stuff. It's very frustrating to get to the highest level. So it's not a game that I'm going to put a shitload of time into just get to platinum and just mm. frustrate myself. Okay. I have better things to do. But, uh, yeah, check it out. It's a, it's an interesting game for sure. I just don't know if it's uh, – its gameplay doesn't really hold up to me. Mm. I think its music does. Its music is pretty fun. Um, but its gameplay, personally, not not really the thing I'm digging anymore. So – doesn't that do those that. things that uh, modern day music rhythm games do. Yeah, giving you exactly. that, giving you that instant feedback, letting you know what you're doing wrong. Yeah, because you might and, think and... you're rapping good. Then yeah, up, you're not rapping good. You're rapping pretty bad. Exactly, and it's like it's in the game's just kind of weird too. In that, like, yeah, I, I nailed that, but Parappa just sounds really chopped up, and it just sounds really bizarre. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Yo, we played some Drone to Death, man. We did. Oh, man. We played some private matches in Drone to Death because apparently it's only four player online, multiplayer, well, unranked, ranked, you know, st- official stuff that counts towards XP and getting keys to open boxes and shit. Yeah. But we did play some uh, local play. Well, not local, but private play and uh it was a lot of fun i i had a lot of fun with it i think the characters like the art design of that game it has a lot of style i like i like that game's style very i don't know shitty teenager i don't know how how else to describe it it's like a teenage kid who's probably you know goofing off in class but it's like it's like that style of drawing and i i really like it i like the writing in the game and some of the voice lines are just off the walls. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, I, the character abilities seem all cool. I need to learn more about the characters and how to use them more effectively, but damn. I just love, I, I love the gameplay of this. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it, it is a cool game for sure. And the tutorial is really interesting. It's a, it's probably uh one of my favorite tutorials. I don't know. It's a, it's it's pretty fun to go through. Be sure um, to say reload. Yes, exactly. And that is a thing with the game that you got to say reload into Dude, your controller. Is, see, it's kind of it's kind of obnoxious since we were playing like a private match all in a party. We were all just like we couldn't have a conversation. We were just yelling reload like Yeah. It was it was pretty awful. Yeah, it was. It, the, that that part is very frustrating for sure. Sarcasm. Um Come on, how long the, can we string them along? Yeah. <laughs> the, I completely agree with you. I love the art. There's not really a game out there that looks like this. Uh, the characters are goofy. I like Ninjaw. Mm. Ninjaw's fun, which is just a shark with gigantic boobs. Um, mm. Which is cool. They're, I mean, they have a lot of cool abilities. The weapons are crazy. I, I, I just love the... 
I feel the language in this game, which is really over the top, definitely not for children or anything, <laughs> but it really fits this game's vibe, in, which is cool. Um, I, I I just like the little touches of like it's loading and it in the loading screen instead of just saying loading, it says drawing some cool stuff. Give me mm-hmm. a sec. That's that type of little t- the little touches like that are pretty cool. Um, and the gameplay is, is fun. It's a riot, man. I mean, just playing Deathmatch just makes me, reminds me of like times when we were kids and online wasn't a thing and you would just come over and bring over four controllers and then just play four players split screen all night type of thing. Like I can see doing that with this game of just Deathmatch type of stuff. Um, Cause that stuff is really cool and like stealing each other's kills and uh, oh this person's one kill away let's make sure we all run away and not let them kill us all t- let's all gang up on them and mm-hmm. that type of stuff is really fun uh, and kind of reminded me of like oh I miss this type of stuff <laughs> I just think like there's not a whole lot of content in the game really but I think. They can definitely build on it with more characters and all that stuff. I mean, there are, like, skins you can unlock, and you unlock weapons through keys, and there's a a, a loot box sort of aspect to the game. Um, I think, and there is a little bit more to it than that, but we just dove in and played a bunch of private matches pretty much. But the biggest just short side of this game is not being able to go online with... Yeah, at it, least more than two people. Yeah, I saw that's super, super fucking frustrating to me. Yeah, the max you can bring online with you is like one other, you and one other person to play two v twos. Like, I guess that's to like stop cheating. Like, I guess people cheating and playing it with each yeah. other. But the thing is, you could just you know expand how many players can be in a session, which I'm not sure what their limitations were for that. Like, I don't know. If they're yeah. run, I I haven't really looked into it. If they're running dedicated servers or peer to peer, but even still, yeah, I, sure. I feel like there sh- should. I feel like a modern day game should be able to handle more than four players at once. Yeah, and it and it could just be a design decision, maybe of like, oh, maybe they tried like a four v four deathmatch type of thing, and they go, well, the maps we're building, this is just a little bit too much, type of thing. That could be it, but. But it is just a little frustrating that, like, if you're not going to go online, there's really kind of no way you can unlock stuff mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I get private matches probably isn't the way to go with that because because of cheating and stuff. But it's like I want to use unlock different guns and stuff for my characters and stuff. But I just we can't right now because, uh, you know, you got to go online, but our party's too big type stuff. But it's still fun to just play with. With just three or four people and just dick off and play a bunch of deathmatch. I think their their kill confirmed like mode of what is an organ donor or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that mode is kind of neat. Uh, how there's basically you you kill somebody and you got to collect their organs, almost like collecting dog tags in Call of Duty and Kill Confirmed. But you have to deposit them, so you can deposit them at a at a point that still moves around a map but is stationary for an amount of time or you can deposit in a 
point that is moving at all times, almost like uh, the Warpath thing in Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll score more points that way. You'll score double whatever you got. So that is an interesting spin on that for sure. I like the maps too. The maps mm-hmm. are fun. It's a game I want to play more of for sure. Oh, yeah. Maybe me and you can team up and go online. Kick yeah. some ass. Yeah, mm. definitely. You're pretty good at it. I'm 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 okay. I won the organ doning thing. Thing is, I think I had an advantage since I have played the game before like events like PSX and mm. I, I, yeah. feel, I feel like I played it somewhere else too, but I don't I don't quite remember. But, like that last match that we played for the evening where we had four of us and it was just a straight up Mm-hmm. death match and we were all tied up at like two but then one of us broke away but then we were all kind of coming back right at the end type of thing and we were all really close in terms of score and stuff that shit is really fun mm-hmm. so I, I would like to have more nights of just let's just play a few rounds of death match of this game and, and have a have a blast because it is fun for sure and this month it is free for playstation plus subscribers yep. so go add it to your fucking library you dingus I I agree. No reason not to, especially mm. this month. I also <coughs> played Persona Five. Boy, mm. <laughs> now I'm just I'm going full nerd with this damn game. Uh, it is like it is anime the game, and it is it is a good anime the game. I like I like this game a lot. I'm still kind. I'm only. I want to say I'm like four or five hours in, and it's still like a JRPG. You're still being tutorialized four to five hours in. Wow. Because there's a lot of shit you can do, man. Yeah. And it's it's setting up a really cool story, and I'm just really in love with it, man. It's it's pretty awesome. It's the the combat really cool. Um. So it's turn based. It's turn based. You have your turn. They have their turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, it's like in each individual character has their turn. And I guess there's some sort of stacked order. Um, but like each turn, you can like choose to attack with a melee or use your gun, or you can use your persona, which will either take away from your HP or SP. I'm not sure what the S stands for. But you have like these two meters that like their abilities can pull from and. They can target weaknesses. You can change this persona once per round. So you have that option. Um, If you hit their weakness, you knock them down. And if you knock the entire other enemy team down, you get into this hold-up mode where, like, you can just do an all-out attack. Or you can interrogate them for, like, items and money and end the fight that way. Mm. Wow. And then there's this ability where you can, like, actually... If it's an enemy you haven't seen before and you're <clears throat> able to, you can, like, absorb them into your mask and they can become one of your personas. Wow. Yeah, that's that's that sounds neat for sure. Dude. This game looks beautiful. Dude, man, it is... Absolutely oh, beautiful. Oh, man. I, I know you're not into JRPGs, man. And this is a huge time commitment. Mm-hmm. But if you ever find the time, just... Oh, my God. The, and I'll be honest with you, that is the only thing holding me back right now from diving into this game is the time commitment piece. I just don't have the time right now. There's a few other games I want to finish up first, but I'm seriously thinking about it because I, I saw some of the combat and I'm like, this looks fun, 
and then you know the game just looks beautiful and all, it just looks very intriguing and it i kind of do want to experience it mm-hmm. to be honest with you this game's been getting amazing reviews and all kinds of stuff yeah. how how mature is this game is it like oh it is it's it takes you to some dark places man does it because that i'm not a big anime guy either but i think if it has a dark and interesting story i could i could maybe get behind oh that yeah too. it's there's there's some there's some themes man there's some themes that are explored that are not for children see there's a there's this high school teacher who was an olympic medalist and uh let's let's just say he's really fond of his female volleyball players right on Mm. (laughs) and the way the game works is that you can like explore like his heart's desires like like there's two different worlds there's like the real world and there's this thing called i think it's called the metaverse i haven't gotten that far into the game but i think that's what it's been referred to but like you see like the it's kind of like a shadow world where you can see their their true selves what they think of themselves and what they think of what he thinks of the school and damn it's dark man it is who wow does it um i know you said like it you're in a tutorial still a few hours in but is the like the beginning really slow or anything uh, I think it. I is think it, it interesting actually, at least. I think the story picks up early on, like really, okay. really fast, and it gets interesting pretty quickly. Um, gameplay wise, I'm still waiting for that moment where it lets me free and lets me do the time management stuff that Persona is supposed to do, like where you tr- choose how to spend your time, which will increase certain stats and gain ser- gain certain bonds with other characters and stuff like that. But. I'm I'm still wait I'm still waiting for that point, but I'm really I'm really invested in this story right now, and it's it's a damn good one. Yeah, I, I, I'm really interested to you know see what you think about this game when you're you know way more into it and played a lot more of it. Because uh, you know it's an RPG, and especially an RPG like this, it once it opens up, it'll probably get way more amazing you know most rpgs are like that so so basically catch me in a couple weeks because you know how yeah. fast i burn through games yeah <laughs> when, when exactly. i when i really like a game i can burn through one really fast yeah yeah that's awesome that's awesome mm. that it, it's definitely um a game that i think could definitely be in the conversation at the end of the year mm-hmm. from everything mm. that i've heard um I didn't put it in the news, but uh, Rocket League dropped the fa- their Fast and Furious DLC, so you can go buy, uh, I think, Dom's car. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. Licensing Fate deals. Furious, with Rocket man. League, man. They make moves. <laughs> yeah. Th- that's awesome that they do that type of stuff. Like that uh, that Batman v Superman car. You can mm-hmm. play with the Batmobile. That was awesome. I ended up buying that shit. Because mm. how could you not? Mm-mm. Batman. The fire rises. Yeah. What's the best? Have you seen all those movies? Yes, I have. Which Which one do you like the best? Out of the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm. Rises. Yeah. 
going to have to disagree with you on that I one, I mean, sir. you can you can disagree with me all you want. That's just my opinion, man. See, yeah, I know. It, but I I loved The Dark Knight Rises the first time I watched it. I'm like, yes, this movie is maybe just as good as The Dark Knight. But then I watched it again, I'm like, it's still a really great movie, but, you know, my opinion lessened a little bit of it, uh, whereas I feel The Dark Knight just really holds up. That's a special movie. I remember seeing that movie mm. in theaters just being like, wow, this is really good. Holy shit. I'm thinking about doing a Fast and Furious marathon before Fate of the Furious. I was thinking about that too, and I'm not a Fast and the Furious guy. I've never seen any of those movies, but the Fate and the Furious looks so fucking stupid that I absolutely <laughs> want to see it. Like every time I watch a trailer and they're dropping that big old wrecking ball down, blowing up a bunch of cars, I just get so excited. I get a massive Woody, dude. Mm. That is like the most stupid thing. That is just so perfect. Mm. I-, I feel like I should just get drunk and watch those movies. Yeah, you should. We should. Man, th- we should play a drinking game. Yeah, yeah. Every time like they mention family, take a shot. Every time where someone is not wearing a shirt where they should be wearing a shirt. Yeah. Whenever exactly. you see sweat beads. Oh, God. You might as well just <laughs> kill yourself, basically. You'd just end up <laughs> drinking yourself to death. <laughs> oh, man. Let's get into the news. No. Did you know we might get in trouble for Persona 5 talking about it? Yeah, we they might just put a strike on my channel. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Darn it. You know, you bring the bring the PlayStation report over to your YouTube channel and then we get it stricken by some Atlas bullshit, man. Yeah. Oh man. So Atlas in a boneheaded move, Atlas Japan, this is, is telling you not to stream or post videos of a game of their game that have spoilers in them. Um, so I'm just gonna read some of the bullet points here, and you know this whole quote they have here from their guidelines. Uh, they say our fans have waited years for the game to come out, and we really want to make sure they can experience it fully as a totally new adventure. You can post how many. You can post, however, many additional videos you'd like. What? This is not good Good uh, English. I guess this is verbatim because it's coming from Japan. You can post, however, many additional videos you'd like, but please limit each to be at most 90 minutes long. Okay, what's the point in that? Just cut videos and make them separate them? Okay, that doesn't make sense. No major story spoilers. I'll leave that up to your good judgment. But if you need some guidelines, avoid showing spoiling the ending segments of the first three palaces. While you can show the initial interactions with Yusuke, avoid his awakening scene. And that whole deal about the painting? Also, don't post anything about a certain student investigator. Way to tell us about, like, certain things that might happen. Yeah, um... Man. Way to encourage <laughs> assholes to actually spoil these specific things. <laughs> Exactly. I know <laughs> I mentioned not showing the end of each palace, but you can grab footage from the Kamashita boss fight. However, don't capture video from any other major boss fights. Why not? What if people want to make guides? What if people want to, you know, help other people defeat these bosses? 
Yeah. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of like a big like community of people there who like to put together guides and shit. Next bullet point. Must not focus solely on cutscenes animated scenes should prominently feature dungeon crawling and spending time in Tokyo. Why are they telling us what to do? Why are they telling us what part of the games to show? <laughs> you can post straight gameplay or have commentary. Okay. Good to know. Like, like we would have cared what you had to say about that anyway. Yeah. Then there's the big warning here. Quote, if you decide to stream past 7-7, which is a date because you play day by day in the game, I highly recommend not doing this. You have been warned, in all caps. You do so at the risk of being issued a content ID, claim, or worse, a channel strike slash account suspension. So this is a load of bullshit. Fuck you, Atlas. Stop. Uh, yeah. I believe there was somewhere in that thing where it's mentioned, like, this is the will of our masters in Japan or something. Yeah. Something mm -hmm. along those lines. So it seems like Atlas USA was fighting the good fight, but they lost. Um, so... I don't get this. If people want spoilers, they're going to go out and find spoilers. Like, you shouldn't be worried about yeah. people spoiling your game. Yeah, definitely. Because, it, it, hmm. Yeah. Because it, it, I know best best practice for streamers that I watch and whenever I stream a game, if there's going to be spoilers, I'll put spoilers in the stream title so people who don't want to see spoilers don't watch the damn stream. Like, it's... This is nonsense. This is just fucking nonsense. Yeah. I mean, it's it's some really out-of-touch Japanese-type stuff. I mean, we see Nintendo doing the same exact shit. They just don't get it. And it's really aggravating, honestly. Um, this is just dumb. Because I, I think they're sort of worried that, like... People will watch our game and experience our story because the story is, you know, maybe the best part about Persona 5 and the biggest draw to it. So then they won't buy the game. And I just think that's I just think that's a lot of lot of bullshit, to be honest with you. I, there, I'll, there are people out there that will probably do that. But, you know, I when I watch people play games, like, I might go man, that looks really cool. I want to experience that. There's a big difference between, you know, especially with games of watching something and playing it because the experience of video games is playing the video games, not necessarily watching them. It's it's why I don't consume streaming or Let's Plays that much because, yeah, they can be cool, but I want to experience the game because that's where... I, you know, I'll get the feeling of it. I can watch somebody play it and go, okay, I kind of get the gist, but you just won't get the full experience. And to get the most out of Persona 5, you definitely have to play it. So I don't understand why they're so against spoiling shit. I mean, it's going to happen regardless. It doesn't matter. You put the video game out. People can walk into a store and buy this shit, or download it, or whatever, and it's out of your hands at that point, man. There's nothing you can do. And just, especially with, like, Twitch, I mean, to go after people streaming on Twitch, I've never, never, ever heard of that happening. Mm -hmm. Of, like, oh, yeah, my account got shut down because I was 
just streaming a video game on Twitch. Yeah, a video you know, unless game it's a that really is... bad video game that's well, inappropriate or something, but still. Yeah, I just yeah, it's they released a video game. It's out of their like I don't get how they expect to have control after you release a video game over the contents of like the story. Like you can't. This is we're in the age of the World Wide Web. Do you know what yeah. that means, Atlas? <laughs> that means I can share anything with anybody at any time, and you can't really do much about it other than be an asshole. And right now yeah. you're just being an asshole. Yeah. Mm. It's it's just frustrating. I mean, we saw a lot of American and European companies be against streaming in Let's Plays and YouTube and all that stuff years ago and they were in the same boat but they eventually came around of like wow this is potentially an amazing way to market our games you know there's communities on twitch or youtube that just spawn just around our game type of thing we can really market to those people and uh it's just kind of free advertising and all kinds of stuff if our game's good you know it can work out really well in our favor and they came around to that, but Japanese companies have not yet. I think they'll eventually get there, but this is just absurd. And it's just crazy to me because I think Persona 5 could be a very important game for Japanese games. You know, there hasn't been a JRPG getting scores like this in a long time. You know, people are very excited about Persona. And I feel with this game, Persona could go from just a smaller hit type of thing where everybody just basically talked about Persona for Golden on Vita to now it's, you know, more mainstream. It's up there with the Final Fantasies and all that stuff. This is something that could definitely help that stuff. If there's a massive community of people on Twitch or YouTube streaming or posting videos about this game, they could just, you know, the more people see that stuff, the more people go, wow, Persona could be pretty fucking cool. I'm going to dive into that type of thing. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just crazy to me, man. It's one of the most absurd things I've seen in a long time in video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, there's nothing other, there's, there's only one word to describe it and that's dumb. It's just yeah. dumb. It's about as, as absurd as Activision making you rebuy DLC. That's oh, well, still well, more well, absurd. Welcome to the show, uh, uh, you know, Ghost. Um, yeah. Uh, hmm. Hmm. You know what? What I'll do? I'll just go home, just like I did today. Pop on my PS4, open up Twitch, watch. Persona stream just to spite Atlas. And while that's happening, <laughs> today we got an update for Mass Effect, and we have some patch notes for you if you're interested in how Mass Effect Andromeda is changing. This Yay. is the patch 1.05, and I'll go through the notes pretty quickly here. I uh, don't want to bore you. Improved tutorial placement, increased inventory limits, single-player balance changes, ammo crates, armor, weapon attacks, and progression, multiplayer balance changes, yeah, blah, 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 improved matchmaking and la- latency in multiplayer, added option to skip autopilot sequences in the galaxy map. Thank God. 
Yeah. <laughs> that is like the number one thing I saw in these patch notes and went, fuck yes. <laughs> Decreased cost of remnant decryption keys and made them more accessible at merchants if you don't want to do puzzles. Improved logic, timing, and continuity for relationships and story arcs. Improved lip-syncing and facial acting in some con- during some conversations, including localized VO. Fixed an issue with riders' movements when running in a zigzag pattern. Hmm. I'm kind of curious what that looked like before. Yeah. Um, improved appearance of eyes for human and Asari characters. Saw some pictures today. That looks a lot better. Yeah, that's good. Fixed various collision issues. Fixed bugs where music or VO wouldn't played or wasn't correct. You that's got good that. Too. Um, fixed issue where global squad mate banter sometimes wasn't firing on UNCs. Hmm. Fixed issue where player was unable to access the remnant console interface after failing decryption multiple times. Fixed issue where fast travel was sometimes developed. Disabled after recruiting Drac until the player reloads the save. I had that problem. I've had, yeah, I had, I didn't have that specific problem, but I've had a lot of problems where I just can't fast travel, period, and it, the game says I'm in combat, but I am nowhere near an enemy at all. Um, that happens you, a lot. I, I've noticed that if you put away your weapons, it'll fix itself. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that. Um, I'll try that this time. Fixed issue where Ryder can become stuck in the start of biotic charge pose. That's strange. Yeah. Um, fixes issues related to some saves. Fixed issue where objective sometimes becomes uninteractable for players in multiplayer. Fixed uh, uh, streaming and stability improvements. Okay, so it looks like they're serious about fixing their game, which is a good thing. Yes, definitely. But you know what, Frank? It's almost as if this game was rushed out a little bit. It's almost as if it was released right at the end of a fiscal quarter. Yes, and it's almost as if they just needed to make a little bit extra cash. It's almost as if they have investors they need to please. Yes. It's almost as if this game could have used a few more months in development. With this type of stuff and with how fast they've fixed I mean, it's what, two weeks after launch or whatever? Mm It's almost as if they had this – they probably had this running fucking document at Bioware of stuff that they knew was fucked up about this game that they were working on that they just didn't get around to fixing because they had they're to like, get the game out. Uh, here's a copy. This one's gold. We're going to keep yeah. working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's awesome that they're coming around to fixing this stuff. There was also something that I, I want to include in here. Bioware posted a – uh, they commented on the transgender character that yes. is in Mass Effect Andromeda. They said, quote, in Mass Effect Andromeda, one of our non-player characters, Hanley Adams, was not included in a caring or thoughtful way. We apologize to anyone who interacted with or was hurt by this conversation. This was never our intent. and was an unfortunate byproduct of the iterative process of game design in a change in the structure of the character's dialogue. Now, I have not run into this character. I have, yet. yes. It's uh, she's she's one of the people on Eos, one of the people in the colony that you can grab some quests from. Okay, well, maybe I have, but just I'm blanking on her as a character. But I just wanted to throw this in there. I don't have too much to say on it because I I'm I haven't ran into her, or I'm just 
completely fucking blanking on her. Like I'm legitimately trying to think of what she looks like and I can't, but, uh, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts Um, on this? Yeah. I, I've gained some insight from other podcasts, which, um, deal with more of these social issues. And, uh, I, it's good. So basically the character in question is transgender. Yeah. And without forming any sort of real bond with with your with Ryder, the main character, uh, tells her tells uh the main character her like former name as a man, known commonly as a dead name. Because mm. that that's the name they used to go by. That dead that name is dead and gone from their from their memory. And like that's not something that trans transgender people usually share with people they aren't really close with. So they just kind of like threw that in there and that it it showed that they wanted to include transgender people, but didn't actually go far enough into actually like understanding. Right. Okay. So I got you. It's, they, they said well, one of the fixes, one of the patch notes indicates that that might be a thing they fixed. And I think it was actually confirmed that was a, that was a character interaction they fixed. Mm-hmm. Which is good. For sure. Oh man, how do you feel about cinematic universes? Um, if done properly, why not? How do you feel about declaring a cinematic universe before there's any sort of cinema, any movie, anything? I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what Activision is doing. With Call of Duty, man, there's going to be a Call of Duty cinematic universe. Oh boy, if we if we thought video game movies could get bad, oh man, oh man, here we go. We're going to go into some dark territory here. Yes. Mm. But it I... looks like this is going to go f- television and movies. Oh boy, TV. Yeah, they're going to make some TV out of Call of Duty, man. Oh. Oh, man. They they aim to follow the model of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The plan is to tell interconnected stories across film and television. We have it plotted out for many years, they say. Oh, boy. We put together this group of writers to talk about where we were going. There'll be a film that feels more like Black Ops, the story behind the story. Their Modern Warfare series looks at what it's like to fight a war with the eyes of the world around you. And then maybe something that is more of a hybrid, where you're looking at private covert operations while the public operation is going on. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile... Television programs set in Vietnam and or World War II may add historical context to the proceedings, potentially creating a grandiose tapestry of experiences which blend historical fiction with extravagant fantasy. God damn, this is... Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. I, I, like, I just think saying you're going to have this whole s- cinematic universe with Call of Duty... Oh, here, here's the kicker. Strange. The Call of Duty cinematic universe is still in its early stages. No directors or cast have been formally attached. 
No yeah. films have been scheduled for release yet, but this is certainly one to keep an eye on. Oh my goodness, no. No, you don't declare a cinematic universe before you're even working on a single thing. Yeah. They're in the concept oh. phase of... They're conceptualizing an entire cinematic universes universe without even thinking about how a movie or a TV show would work with Call of Duty. Yeah. Because I'm just going to tell you, their stories that they tell in Call of Duty, they ain't going to work for a movie or TV. There's there's way too much shit in between. Like, the action sequences are too long. Like, a good action movie has, like, quick, tight action sequences and I don't I don't think Call of Duty does it th- that well it's just like bang bang like you're constantly fighting and fighting and fighting in Call of Duty and it just doesn't seem like it'll be conducive to something like this yeah I mean they would definitely need to tailor it to film and it needs to be a film first and not a video game adaptation of of a, or, or a film adaptation of a video game type of thing like just, you know, give it Call of Duty vibes, but don't focus on the, the video game aspect of it or trying to please those people. Because if you want to have a cinematic universe, you need to make good movies, regardless of whether it's an adaptation from a video game or not. I mean, it just doesn't matter, man, because if you don't knock it out of the park with this, probably with its first movie, I mean, I... It's going to be a struggle, and I just don't know if Call of Duty is... It's on the decline, and it has been for several years. I mean, it's still one of the best-selling video game every year and all that stuff, but it definitely doesn't have the resonance and the hype that it once had. Maybe this is something that could bring it back and get more the public interested, but it's going to be a little bit of a struggle, I think, personally. I just... I think a Black Ops type of thing could be pretty neat if they do it right. But, you know, having movies and TV, TV is the part where I'm just like, I don't know, man. I just don't know how I feel about TV, honestly, unless you're mm-hmm. going to go more of a Netflix or HBO type of route where you can have a little bit bigger budget and, you know, production's better, the story's better and and all that stuff. You don't have to try to fit 45 minutes on TV every day. I don't know. It's mm. just weird. It is strange. and It's just out of all of the video game franchises that I feel, if done properly, could actually have cinematic universes, Call of Duty is not the one that mm-hmm. I think of at all. Like, I think of, like, Mass Effect. We're... Sh- the Elder Scrolls, I think fucking if Elder Scrolls was done with like the budget of fucking Game of Thrones, it could be pretty damn cool, man. If they mm-hmm. got the right actors and told the right stories, I mean, there's a lot of very interesting stuff in Elder Scrolls. Mm. Um, yeah, it's weird. I, I know it's not PlayStation, but I'd like to see a Mario cinematic universe. Or Mario. Ninte- just a Nintendo cin- cinematic universe with all the Nintendo characters. Yeah. But they kind of already have that with their video games, so. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I would love to see Halo, but that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Or Final Fantasy. 
Oh wait, they yes. tried to do <laughs> with Final Fantasy yeah. 15. Yeah. Oh man. How about Kingdom Hearts? Oh wait, it's already kind of halfway there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're already here at Square Enix talking about their properties. Let's talk about Near Automata. Mm-hmm. Square Enix announced that they have shipped over one million copies. I think they're combining physical copies and digital sales for Near Automata, which is kind of interesting because I don't think hardly anyone played Near, and this is the sequel to Near. Yes. And Near is kind of like a weird offshoot story of Dragon Guard. And yeah, yeah it, this is just a very obscure game that managed to ship slash sell a million copies. I'm not sure exactly what number they're giving us. I think it's just yeah. shipment. There's two things here. One, this is awesome for near Automata. And to have, you know, a very niche Japanese game sell this much is awesome. And I'm sure Square Enix is completely blown away by the success of this game. Number two, Microsoft is probably extremely pissed off about this. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, you know, they made Bayonetta 2 exclusively for the Wii U, which I know Nintendo funded and stuff, but that game, it didn't light the world on fire in terms of sales, but it sold okay, and it reviewed very well. Near Automata reviewed well, sold well. Scalebound was announced years ago. They put so much money in that game, probably, and they just couldn't get it to work. I'm sure Microsoft's just like, dude, you make video games for these other two people? Like, what the fucking shit? <laughs> no, I, I think the problem is that Microsoft tried to have too much of a say in how Platinum makes their games because Absolutely. what they were trying to do is make like this multiplayer game and, with Scalebound, and that's just not what Platinum does. Yeah. They were trying to shoehorn them into making this this multiplayer game. I don't think I've played a multiplayer Platinum game. I don't think that's a thing that you do with Platinum games. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah, I would love to see their reaction. Be a fly on the wall when Mm -hmm. they read something like this type of thing. Because the scale-bound cancellation, that was very unfortunate. And, you know... This is probably very frustrating for them, but but good on good on Square Enix and, and Platinum. Platinum needed a hit; mm-hmm. they really did because because of the cancellation of Scalebound, and then they had like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that was that didn't go so well. Star Fox Zero for the Wii U that didn't go so well. You know, they really needed something to hit, and mm-hmm. they got that, which is good for sure. Let's just hope that they sort of slow down a little bit with their video games. I mean, they've cranked so much shit out over the past three years. Just, like, take your time. Just make good games. Because I think they've proven that they could sell if they're if they're done properly. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. But oh, I think boy. this is also, be, too, you know, this was on PlayStation 4 and PC. That's a very large install base between the two. So this is probably another reason why the game is sold a little bit better than than other platinum games. So yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Did you know that you could buy video games 
on Twitch. I heard that they were going to, but it's now a thing. It only makes sense since, you know, Amazon bought Twitch that they try to sell games through Twitch, and it seems like now that is a reality. Mm. Mm Mm-mm. So, this is, they're allowing uh, partnered streamers, like, partner streamers are getting this deal where, like, they can, where games can be sold through their channel on Twitch, where the streamer themselves only gets 5% of the proceeds and 70% goes to the developers, and we can just imagine how the other 25% is split between Twitch itself and Amazon, um... But yeah, that this is a thing now. If uh, if you're a partnered streamer, you can now have games sold on your page, and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it could be cool. Let's just hope you there's streamers out there that don't get a little shady and greedy because it's a way that they can make a little bit extra money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I. But it, but it is something that makes sense for sure. Yeah, Amazon is a place where you can buy games cheap, new especially new games. You can buy new games physically yeah. cheaper yeah than you can in a store it's just that's just yeah. a fact mm-hmm. uh that's why i switched over to buying my new games on amazon you know I, i'm not one i don't have the download s- speed and all that stuff for going all digital and two i like to have the option to trade something in in case i you know, I'm tired of it or I just don't like it or whatever, but that's why I hopped over to Amazon because I can buy something within the first two weeks if I want to and I get 20% off and then it's just shipped to my house and I have free shipping if you're a Prime member. It's like I'm saving like 12 to 13 bucks a game. It's awesome. Mm. But this makes sense for sure. Yeah. Th- we'll see I, where it goes. I, I am excited to see how how this holds up like a few months from now see see what kind of deals that uh, streamers are doing especially if if a streamer is known for streaming like certain games like if they uh, you know there's like different different things that can happen here like where they partner with a certain publisher and then suddenly oh they're selling that game on their channel and they're sponsored by that same it's just it's a thing man it's business it's business man business is a booming yeah yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, if you know, if things are just maybe properly disclosed type of thing that you have to do by law, it could work out well. Mm. Bada boom, realist dudes in the room. Jack and Daxter. Mm. You heard it right, folks. Jack and Daxter. The PS2 classics are coming to PlayStation 4 later this year this includes jack and daxter jack 2 jack 3 and jack x combat racing have you ever played jack x combat racing yeah i haven't is it any good it's okay it was it was naughty dog trying to repeat crash team racing Mm. but it didn't work out as well like it's it has combat and all that stuff from from the jack games uh but it was interesting because, you know, not a lot of people talk about this game, and I will definitely pick this game up because I want to go back to this game and just be like, wow, you know, this might be good or bad. I I don't really remember a lot of it, but I, I, I remember playing this game and going, you know, it's fun, but 
you know, you were expecting something along the lines of Crash Team Racing in a way with the jack spin or whatever. Um, and it's very interesting knowing that Naughty Dog made this game and then the next thing they put out was Uncharted. Mm-hmm. So, you know, most people forget about it. But uh, I remember when I was a, a dumbass kid and I went to trade in my PlayStation 2 in a lot of my video games. Absolutely something I 10 million percent regret. I know. I just, I, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. But I was trading in my stuff and the guy behind the counter saw that I had Jack X. And at the time, even at the time, a few years later, Jack X was still very hard to find as a game. And he's like, dude, you have Jack X? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'll actually pay you straight up for it. And he gave me like way more money for it than than the store was going to give me mm-hmm. type of thing. Like that, that was that was Jack X. So it's very, very interesting that they're bringing it back. With the first, with the trilogy, Jack 1, 2, and 3, I mean, this is a great way to play them for sure, but this isn't the PS3 remastered versions. This is the PS2 versions of the games, which I'm sure still look all right, especially probably the first one because the first one's artistically better. Um, I just wish that they would put the original trilogy on because they did an amazing job remastering that game on PS3. They look fucking beautiful. You can play them on Vita too, but uh, play these games regardless, man. I, I, these are still some of my favorite games of all time, and I, I think they do hold up. They still have their issues for sure. There are some very frustrating design decisions that Naughty Dog have definitely gotten better at. But I, I love the stories of these games. I love the universe of these games. And it, I I am one of those people that would love a new Jack and Daxter game. Not made by Naughty Dog, though. I don't, Naughty, it's a waste of talent for Naughty Dog to make a new Jack and Daxter game. But somebody else. A platinum absolutely. Jack and Daxter? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be crazy. Mm. Oh, yeah, right. and two, I mean, if they had the same trophy list, these games have very easy Platinums, okay. especially the first one. I mean, the first one, you kind of just got to collect everything, but you kind of collect everything along the ways anyway. In the story, it was actually the first Platinum I ever got. Um, the other two are easy Platinums, but you have to collect all the Precursor Orbs, which there's a lot of them, and I don't have the Platinums for those games, but I have, like, 33 out of the 36 trophies in each of them or whatever mm-hmm. but if you put the time into it you could definitely platinum for sure that's if they're keeping the same trophy list which i would imagine but i don't know what, what do you make of this one thing i hated hated about jack and dexter hoverboarding fucking hated hoverboarding it felt it, those i i just felt those controls were really awkward and they they mm. were they 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 weren't the best for sure. And definitely um, the vehicle segments, especially in Jack 2, aren't the best because Jack 2, you're playing in a city mm-hmm. a lot of times. And yeah, th- that can be frustrating. But the but the moments of just exploration or the actual level design when you go on missions and stuff like that shit's just fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a great game. It's just that there are some things that I feel will absolutely not hold up well at yeah. all in 2017. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. I feel like if there's probably, I think all three of them 
are still really great games, but I think honestly the first one probably holds up the best because it's a platformer. The gameplay is a lot more simple. It's a lot more straightforward. Sure. Oh boy, you can look forward to that later in 2017. And two, just one more thing. Like, this was like my favorite fucking franchise back in the day when I got a PS2 and we were in that in the midst of that generation stuff. I remember Christmas Day opening up Jack 2. And, you know, I loved the first one. I put Jack 2 in and Daxter starts cussing. And I was like, whoa, holy shit. Like, I didn't see that coming because I, I, I don't even know if I had Game Informer at that point. Like, I didn't consume a lot of game coverage then at that point. I was like 2004 or whatever. But I was like, holy crap. And then just realizing how dark the games went and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. Just my excitement for then Jack 3. I miss those days. They were good. Sure. The good old days. But, Tyler, <laughs> it's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> And this new day, we have new video games releasing every week on the PlayStation Store. Every week, we have way too many games to go through. And this week, I'm going to let you take this first one. And this week is no different. I don't think there's as many games as last week. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyways, the first one, Air Conflicts. Secret Wars Ultimate Edition on PS4 Digital in Retail. The arcade fight simulator Air Conflict Secret Wars takes you right into the heart of the action. With air combat at historical locations set in World War One and Two, take to the skies in seven exciting campaigns, but a total of 49 missions. Mm, okay. Next up we have here is Armagallant Decks of Destiny. Armagallant Decks of Destiny combines deck building with real-time strategy, creating fast-paced 1v1 or 2v2 multiplayer arena battles. Learn and evolve the abilities of electrifying creatures and magic spe- magical spells, forming powerful decks to unleash upon your enemies. <coughs> Next up is Blackwood Crossing on PS4 Digital. Blackwood Crossing is a story-driven first-person adventure game, an intriguing and emotive tale exploring the fragile relationship between orphan sibling Scarlet and Finn. When their paths cross with a mysterious figure, an ordinary train ride evolves into a magical story of life, love, and loss. Next Hmm. up, we have Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition. Available on PlayStation 4, digital, and retail. Step into the boots of Grayson Hunt after crashing, crash landing on an old resort planet. Forces him to make a hard choice. Survival or revenge? Execute masterful kills with Bulletstorm Full Clip Edition's unique combat system that rewards you for performing the most creative and deadly kills imaginable. I'm intrigued by this game, for sure. I never played Bulletstorm back on the PS3 and 360, but I want a big, dumb shooter, and this looks like a big, dumb shooter. Mm. Next up is a game we talked about earlier, Drawn to Death. PS4 Digital, which is free with PlayStation Plus. Drawn to Death is the latest title from the acclaimed developer 
game developer David Jaffe, gotten war in Twisted Metal fame. This competitive online multiplayer shooter provides deep gameplay mechanics by blending the nuance of a fighting game with the action of a competitive shooter. Mm. Check that shit out, man. Yeah. Up here we got another Lego game, baby. Lego City Undercover Dog, available oh. on PlayStation 4, digital, and retail. Join the chase in Lego City Undercover. Play as Chase McCain, a police officer who's been tasked with going undercover to hunt down the notorious and recently escaped criminal Rex Fury and putting an end to a citywide crime wave. This game's apparently pretty good. Actually, it was a Wii U exclusive, and now they're putting it on all the systems. Oh, systems that people will buy games for, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think they're too mad at Nintendo. It is coming to the Switch, but mm. yeah. Systems that have audiences. Next up is Mortal Blitz on PlayStation VR Digital. Wait, this is VR? I can look at that in VR? Yeah. Okay. Become Yuhei X-Force governmental elite soldiers and fight in the mission to thwart the evil plans of the Dominion's Teratoma destruction plan. Mm. Great. Here we have <laughs> Parappa de Rappa Remastered, available on PlayStation 4 digitally. You ain't going to find this in a store, folks. After 20 years since his debut, Parappa the Rapper returns to PlayStation. Relive the original music game and join Parappa on his quest to win the heart of Sonny Funny and learn from his favorite rap masters like Chop Chop Master Onion, Instructor Mussolini, and Cheap Cheap the Cooking Chicken. I love Cheap Cheap the Cooking Chicken songs. They're fantastic. Anyways, next up, Persona 5 on PS4 and PS3, digital and retail. I forgot you can buy this game on PlayStation 3. Wow. Anyways, the newest addition to the Persona series follows the actions of the young Phantom Thieves. During the day, strengthen bonds with people as a high school student living your, your school life. And after school, become a Phantom Thief that wields the power of the Persona to infiltrate the world within the hearts of evil adults. An unprecedented story of social reform begins. Another question about Persona. Are these games connected at all? No. Or is it a Final Fantasy situation? It's kind of like a Final Fantasy situation. There are some recurring characters. Okay. But, yeah. like, the stories don't intermingle. Cool. Oh, here we have Plutobi, the Dwarf Planet Tales. <laughs> Plutobi, the nickname of Pluto, was kicked out of the planet list in 2006 and became a dwarf planet because he is too small and weak. So he decided to become a planet again by showing his power to the other planets in the solar system. Oh my god. Really? That's insane. That's kind of funny though. Anyways, uh, use your words on PS4 Digital. Grab a few friends and get ready to laugh. Use your word just to party game for funny people and their unfunny friends. It's a really good game. Is it? Yeah, it's really good. It's. What pretty, do you do? 
Um, so it's kind of like Mad Libs, the game. Um, ah. like there's certain different prompts that you get, like, captioned. Like, there will be, like, a foreign film, and, like, you caption it. Like, you can't understand what they're saying, but you, like, caption what they're saying in that scene. Um, there's, like, these pictures where you give, like, a headline for a newspaper. Um, there's other things, too, that I, I can't quite remember exactly what, but, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool. I like that. It's a good party game. Kind of like Cards Against Humanity, but, you know, you write your own answers. Yeah. Hmm. All right, here, the last game on the list is Viri VR. Guess what? PlayStation VR. Digitally. Viri VR is the ultimate virtual safari. Head to the African savanna to play with wild animals in their natural habitats. Don't play with wild animals in real life. Filmed on a location in 4K VR, Viri takes you so close to real animals that you can practically feel their breath on your neck and soon their teeth. Oh boy. Mm. Uh, PlayStation Music, you can buy or check out the new album from the band Mastodon titled Emperor of Sand. If you're on this YouTube channel, there's a review off of that right now. That's a very good album from a very good band. And if you're on the podcast version of this, you can find that YouTube channel, youtube.com slash plugged on vids. I guess that's yeah. how URLs work. I think so. Um, also, you, you can buy Split. Mm. It's a cool movie. And occasionally, I slipped into that character's voice without knowing it. <laughs> uh, usually when I'm drunk. Yeah. Oh, man. The new season of Archer coming up, man. What is that show? It's I've about, about it's it. kind of like a cartoony spy thriller kind of thing, but it's mostly a comedy. Okay. Animated. Cool. Um, do you know Bob's Burgers? Yeah. Uh, same voice voice guy. Okay. Plays the lead in there, and um, yeah, it's. I fucking love it, man. I fucking love it. Sounds fun. It's funny. A lot of dirty jokes in there. I like it. It is. De- it is definitely our brand of humor. <laughs> you can actually catch uh, all the other seasons, I think, on Netflix, if you want to watch through those before seeing if you want to watch this. Right on. Oh, man. We got other things to talk about after this, don't we? We do. Oh, man. One big thing left. It's fun. Oh, boy. I think I hinted at this in one of the other episodes. We are going to go back a decade, let's say. A little bit more, a little bit less. I can't remember exact dates or anything. But we're going to talk about our favorite games on the PlayStation 3. And that is... That that was a tough list for me to make. Especially since you changed... Well, we never really made rules. I kind of imposed rules upon myself. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, we're just going to go from 10 to 1. Um, I'll let you start at your number 10, and then we'll just go back and forth, my number 10 and your number 9, and so on. Yeah. I mean, we kind of decided to do this because the PS3 has kind of, is starting to cease manufacturing. Yes. Earlier this year. I believe in February, even, I think. Yeah. So, just decided, you know, hey, why not? Let's go, go back in time. 
check out our list. I'm very excited to do this because I feel like we'll share some games, but I do feel like our list is going to be pretty different. Mm-hmm. I think but we'll I share at maximum four games. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So number 10 for me, I have Journey. Uh, Journey is a game that I think kind of everybody should play. It didn't hit me like it hits most people, but I do like it for sure. And it's a game where I feel the further I get away from it, the more I kind of go like, wow, that experience was actually pretty cool. You know, it's just two to two and a half hours of kind of wandering, but that journey, no pun intended, was incredible. The music's phenomenal. The the art style is great, and towards the you know the the story and the theme of this game is is pretty cool too. And by the end of it, especially if you are with somebody still, and when you get to the end, you know it, it can be a a pretty powerful experience for sure. It doesn't hit me of like oh this is like the best game of the generation type of thing, but I I do think it is. Definitely one of the best games that you can play on PS3. Mm. Sure. My number 10 may surprise you. And it was originally put in here because of the constraints I put myself into, and I just decided to keep it anyway. Killzone 2. Mm. Fucking love Killzone 2. I feel like it is, it's the strongest of the Killzones, in my opinion, um, story-wise, and it's basically where the gameplay got refined i don't think it got much better in the in the ongoing games like i think killzone 2 is where they nailed it for gameplay wise and they kind of stuck with it um but yeah i i just i i was invested in that story since the original killzone and killzone 2 just improved the gameplay and i think the story in killzone 2 was remarkably better yeah and I never. Played I think the multiplayer was a lot of fun too, but like I didn't have many people to play with on multiplayer because PlayStation threes just didn't yeah. have that large yeah. of a player base. But I never played Killzone two. I've only played three and Shadowfall and Mercenary on Vita. But I remember that reveal trailer for Killzone two. Mm. Yeah, it you know, it looks like, technically wow. brilliant. Gorilla has been pushing hardware to its limits since the PlayStation three. Yeah. And we they saw, really have. We saw the results of their hard work here on Horizon Zero Dawn. Just technically, like that game yeah. is like similar to the Killzone series. They technically pushed it, pushed the hardware, yeah, to new bounds. I remember playing Killzone Three around the time the PS4 was announced. So we were starting to see next generation console graphics and stuff, and it was like, wow, that stuff looks really good. And then you play Killzone Three, and it's like, damn, dude, like this looks just almost as good as a PlayStation 4 game. Probably better than some, for sure. Um, yeah, Gorillas, Gorillas, some technical wizards. My number nine, I have Batman Arkham City. Batman Arkham City is an amazing game to me. Um, I think this is the game that kind of perfected things the most. Um, I know a lot of people like Arkham Asylum and stuff, but This game's story was the one that kind of really sucked me in. I thought this game had an incredible story. I thought the side content was great. Exploring Arkham City was great. Um, And and honestly, it really 
you know, the missions, the level design, everything was so much fun and, and intriguing. And it has, you know, Batman combat and all that stuff. It, it was at the time where the Batman combat still felt kind of fresh and stuff and not overused by a lot of other games and even Batman games themselves. And um, But it's really the story that sticks with me the most in those boss fights and characters. I mean, they Rocksteady really nailed it with this game for sure. It's yeah. definitely my favorite superhero video game ever. Oh, really? Okay. Um, we'll number nine on my list, Dragon Age Origins. Ooh. I fucking love Dragon Age Origins because it sets up this world where it had sequels to it, most recently Inquisition, but I feel like Dragon Age Origins just laid on the lore so heavy and just... It's the first time I've played an RPG in that style where it's kind of like you can either play it as an action RPG, sort of, but you can also, like, slow it down and play it more like a tactical RPG as well. Like, it's the first time I have I was introduced to that kind of uh, battle mechanic, and I, I kind of fell in love with it because I was like, every once in a while I'd be like, oh shit, I need to slow this down and think about this more tactically, and you could do that. And it was really awesome. I loved the characters. I loved... Uh, Fucking Alistair, he was, like, this reluctant, like, kind of royalty kind of dude, but, like, he was, he was like, a real dude, man. He didn't want to be, like, this high-ass motherfucker. He, he wanted to be down down in the trenches with you. Uh, got to meet this sexy Morgana chick. <laughs> or Morgan, Morrigan. Yeah, why did I say Morgana? Because Morgana's the little cat character in Persona 5. That's why it's in my head. But Morrigan, you meet, she's, like, this sexy witch lady. Um, you meet this other, uh, spy chick, uh, shit. Damn it, now I'm forgetting names. The redhead. She's in Inquisition. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I forget her name. I think it begins with an L. Liana? Yeah. I think it's Liana. No, Leliana. Yes. yes, Leliana. We got there. We got there. (laughs) Teamwork. But yeah, I, just like. I just really love the characters in the world it presented, and I think it had like the strongest story of any of the Dragon Age games. That game belongs on my shameless from last generation of games that I have not gotten around to playing, unfortunately. Um, I'll be sure to shame you every moment of your life. Yeah, shame, shame. Number eight, I have Assassin's Creed 2. Now... I feel like a lot of people forget how awesome this game was at the time uh, because of, you know, Assassin's Creed's a yearly thing and all kinds of stuff. And But, man, the leap from Assassin's Creed 1 to 2 was insane. And the story, this is when Assassin's Creed, to me, had an amazing story. And, like, the combat, I feel, is still the best combat that Assassin's Creed has ever had upgrading the city type of thing and get, you know, now you're just rolling in a bunch of money and getting upgrades and stuff. That was fun. Exploring Italy was really cool. Ezio as a character, definitely still the best character that Ubisoft has ever created in this franchise. And then the story is just gripping to me it where I feel after the Ezio trilogy, 
Ubisoft kind of fumbled with the stories that they're very hit or miss where especially this game and with this trilogy, they really, really nailed it to me. And I, you know, the, the modern day aspect was really cool to it. And then how they were tying everything together. It was awesome. And then to just throw on top of that really cool gameplay and just an amazing 15 hour lengthy single player experience, you know, it's still, it's still an awesome game to play today, in my opinion. I, I, I love it. I, I ended up playing it two or three years ago and st- still went, damn, it actually made me really sad because I'm like, Assassin's Creed hasn't been this good in such a long time. And I feel like I want to hope that they'll get back to being this good with, with a new one or something mm-hmm. after time off, but we'll see. Uh, so yeah, Assassin's Creed 2 for me. Oh boy, number eight on my list is Soul Caliber Four, baby. Mm, that's a Soul good game. Soul Caliber Four. It is. It's my favorite fighting game of the generation, and I think that's because you don't have to necessarily be good at it to do well at it. Because there's a certain flow that you just feel when you're playing the game. That yeah. if you get into that flow, you can you can roll some people. And I, I you know it. It was just a lot of fun. I liked how you like. You break people's armor off and all that kind of stuff. But it's just, it had a lot of uh, cool, interesting characters. Different The characters were very, uh, there was a large variety of different like fighting styles between the characters. And I, I think that's what's most notable about Soul Calibur 4 is all the different fighting styles. Like you have your you have your big dudes with like big swords or like someone with a lance that can poke you out wide or I I chose the guy with like the nunchucks that can yeah, pull you in cool. gra- pull you in and grapple you and mm-hmm. oh man that's the it's... thing I love about Soul Calibur is the characters mm-hmm. like they has amazing characters I miss Soul Calibur man I so badly wish they would bring back Soul Calibur yeah. it's like I'm not a big fighting game guy but that is like the one franchise where I've consistently played every game mm-hmm. yeah i've played the first four i never i didn't play five though i don't know why so wait when you say you played the first four you played oh okay so you didn't play soul edge no i didn't play soul edge but they re-released soul caliber one on xbox live arcade okay so i played that there but then i played Soul Calibur 2 in the other ones. Okay, yeah. That, Up to four. I, I only mentioned that because I was like, wait, there were more games than that. I was like, oh, there's one yeah, more game. And no, I was I like, did... oh, yeah, Soul Edge. That was a predecessor. Okay. Yeah. I did not play Soul Edge for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Bring it back, man. I would love that. Number seven for me, I have Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2 is a really 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 fun game and that's the best part about it is that's just it's a blast to play um and i think being able to play it with four friends is like the best part about it of just sharing this very cool rpg like adventure and getting into really intense boss fights or, or going into the arena or something like that that shit is is very very fun and this is one of the few RPGs that I've, in recent memory at least, that I've replayed many times. I mean, I've replayed this game like three times, I believe. And the classes are fun. The weapons are fun. And everything about it is great. And it just, it took 
the first game, which at the time was cool, but it was a little lifeless. And it just injected a shitload of personality into it and a cool art style, cool characters, fun story. I love this game. It is it is definitely one of my favorite games that on PS3. And it's just a it's a game that you can just constantly sink a ton of time into and replaying with different characters and specking different ways and loot grinding and all kinds of stuff. Mm. I love it. Alright, so Hmm, I'm not sure if you have this in your top 10. Call of Duty 4 is at number 7 for me. My favorite Call of Duty still to this day. It's where it turned the corner, went to the modern age. I feel like modern is where I like it. I don't like future. I don't like the past. I like what's here and now. Call of Duty 4 did that to me. And it gave me a multiplayer mode, a multiplayer that I just fucking fell in love with and sank way too many hours got 10th prestige 55 and just got all the golden guns and all that shit man i got i got in deep with call of duty 4 man yeah a lot of memories associated with that game i had i think i had over 400 hours in call of duty 4 wow multiplayer only that's pretty crazy it's still it it still even for me i didn't get the 10th prestige or anything but it's the Call of Duty that I've played the most, too. I think I got the fifth or sixth Prestige, which is the highest I've ever gotten in a Call of Duty game. What a game. Mm. Number six for me. I have Grand Theft Auto V. Now, I know Grand Theft Auto V is on PlayStation 4, and it's probably a little bit more of a superior version. But this is where I played Grand Theft Auto V. And I still feel that even on the PS3 and 360, like this game is so, so good. I have never been a big Grand Theft Auto guy. Like playing GTA 3 or Vice City and even San Andreas on PS2, I always got very bored. And the biggest thing that always turned me off about those games was the controls. The controls fucking suck in all those games. Same with Grand Theft Auto 4. Grand Theft Auto 4 to me is one of the most overhyped and overrated games I've ever seen in my whole life. Anyways, GTA 5 to me literally blew me the fuck away because Rockstar nailed the controls. It nailed shooting. It nailed everything. The three different characters I think are so fun. In they're, I mean, they're just not good people, especially Trevor. But, like, Michael's not a good person either. And the missions are super memorable. I thought the story was cool. The world's beautiful. It's still one of the most beautiful open-world games I feel like you could play, even on the PS3. Like, it, it looks better than a lot of video games. I mean, it's just crazy how far Rockstar pushed these consoles, which makes me even more excited about what they can do visually um, with the new consoles and stuff. But GTA V just... To me, like like I said, I've never been a Grand Theft Auto guy. And to me, with Grand Theft Auto V, I, I went, I get it. Like, I understand why Grand Theft Auto is so big. And this game just deserves all the success that it, that it gets, for sure. Um, so, yeah. Number six for me. Well, my number six, all you got to do is drop the A, and you got Gran Turismo five. Oh. Oh boy. No, the the sixth spot belongs to fives. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, Gran Turismo 5 is, if you know me, you know I like uh, simulation racing, and that's, it's just the biggest simulation racer on PlayStation, and man, fucking loved it, man. It's I spent so many hours, I did, I like this game so much that I did their endurance races, which are oh, legitimately yeah. 16 to 24 hours long. Yeah. You could not, you could not save in the middle of these races yeah this was i was dedicated i would pause the game turn the tv off make keep the console running and then come back to it my parents hated me for the electric bill but i did those (laughs) damn endurance races because i fucking loved them Mm. yeah game sold very well too yeah, and it just had so many fucking cars in it, man. Like, I think it had, like, one of the largest car selections in a video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that made 6 such a, a little bit more of a letdown. Mm. Let's see. Hopefully Gran Turismo comes roaring back this year with sport. Oh, yeah. Whenever that becomes a thing. I'm excited. Yeah. Number five. I have Uncharted 3, Drake's Deception. You can fight me. I am an Uncharted 3 guy. I think 3 is is the best because um, Uncharted 2 is an amazing game. And I feel for the time, the way that Uncharted 2 took single-player cinematic action games and stuff is definitely well-deserved for all the praise that it gets, because it definitely raised the bar for that stuff. But I feel Uncharted 2 every time, and I've replayed this game multiple times, it always loses me at the end when you get to, was it, Shangri-La? Or whatever. When it introduces this whole mythical element and all kinds of stuff. And there's amazing moments in there, don't get me wrong. But Uncharted 3, to me, has just as many great moments has a great story and it doesn't really have that mythical like thing it has that moment with drake and sully towards the end and stuff but it that part didn't lose me type of thing and and i feel it just has very great gameplay and and it's just before uncharted 4 it's definitely what i feel is the best uncharted because i feel if you play in one, two, three, or whatever, two does feel very similar to one, just way fucking better in every way. Um, but then three is kind of its its own thing, and it has its own story. And I liked its character relationships and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, I'm an Uncharted three guy, so mm-hmm. it's my number five. My number five. You mentioned it earlier, Borderlands two. Oh, yeah. I uh, I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't expect you to have this that high on your list. Really, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. I fucking love Borderlands, man. I the thing I love most about Borderlands, yes, it's a great shooter. It's a kind of a fusion of a shooter and an RPG loot grind kind of game. But damn, the writing in Borderlands. I fucking love the writing in yeah. Borderlands. It's the characters are so comical and funny. I love the especially the DLC. Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep, man. That is, yeah. like, the best DLC I've ever fucking played. Definitely. That That is definitely one of my favorite DLCs of all time, too. It's amazing. We'll, we'll have to do a list of 
best DLCs of all time. Yeah. Because I think I've played enough to have, like, man. But, dude, Borderlands 2 has a special place in my heart. Just those, especially the supporting characters, it's not even about, like, the badasses that you play as. It's it's about the supporting cast. Yeah. And I, I fucking love it. Yeah. I think with a Borderlands 3, Gearbox has a lot to live up to, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. But there's definitely some some directions that they can take it for sure. Will Tiny Tina um, grow up? I don't know. I hope I hope her fucking personality didn't. Because mm-hmm. that's that's one of the best part. I hope she's even more crazy, to be honest with you. That'll be awesome. Number four. I have a game that you mentioned earlier. Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. I just think this is one of the best shooters ever made. We've talked about it a lot, especially with the remaster and stuff. But I still feel like its campaign holds up for the most part. It's still really well designed. It has cool characters, great missions. But it's that multiplayer that still, to me, is phenomenal. It's by far the best Call of Duty. Call of Duty will most likely never touch this type of success or uh, excitement ever again. And it's it's honestly a game that kind of changed me. A little bit because this was one of the first Xbox Live games. That's where I first played this game that I got really into. So the first like online multiplayer game, and it's like it just kind of opened my eyes at least because I just wasn't in that world before of like, wow, this is really cool. And it's like now I'm playing this game every night. And just look at the effect that this game had on the entire generation of consoles. I mean, it, this game set the bar and then, you know, just took Call of Duty to a, a new level and then everybody else tried to copy it with progression systems and loadouts and, you know, their campaign and action and all kinds of stuff. It's This is a very, very important video game and I still think it is one of the best games that you can play. Sure. Hmm. We're getting to some heavy hitters now, man. We are. My number four, Infamous. Mm. Now, I, I, I don't think you have this on your list because you said Batman is the best superhero game you played, and Infamous yeah. is a goddamn superhero game, and I it think is. it is the best superhero game. <laughs> um, I, I just like the... I know I say this a lot. I like the world it sets up. I like this whole idea of, like, conduits, people controlling, like, elements and stuff and being, like, genetically modif- like mutated to do this kind of stuff. And it's it's just fucking amazing. And the gameplay it just flows. Like, the traversal, especially with, in the first game with your lightning powers moving around and shit. And then the story just hits hard. Like, sometimes there just aren't good choices. Like, even if you make the good guy choice, you lose. If you make the like there's a very specific decision that you make where like it doesn't matter you're the bad guys sometimes just win mm-hmm. and like i i just man it's another pair of games on my shame list you've never played infamous i played infamous second son on ps4 and not infamous one too which people say are better so yeah i i would say out of all of like the first party games on ps3 that is the biggest one where i unfortunately have not played 
I should get around to that do that. Fucking, that fucking... You disgust me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The best superhero game. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll play it sometime. We can we can have a, a fight about that. A sex fight. We'll have to do that one in person. Because yeah. my dick ain't reaching that long. Oh, damn. Sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, Mass Effect 2. I very easily probably could have put Mass Effect 3 on this list too, but I tried to keep, just keep it one, one game per franchise. Mass Effect 2, I love 2 and 3 equally pretty much, and I go back and forth of which one I liked, to be honest with you, because... I think 3 has the best gameplay, and I think it has an amazing story up until the very end, of course. But I think the thing that puts 2 above it to me is those loyalty missions. Those loyalty missions are so fucking cool in 2. And then I, another thing that just kind of takes it up another notch is, is, uh, is the ending. I think that final suicide mission is one of the best endings to a video game period of like managing your party and making sure you're putting the right people in the right spot and it just felt so satisfying and and you're kind of like you know biting your nails hoping that everybody survived at the end and then if you do get them survive it's just so relieving and you're filled with so much joy you're like I led these people through this, and we succeeded, and it was awesome. Um, and then, you know, everything everything's great. Elusive Man's awesome. Service is cool. The opening is amazing. Uh, the, the whole mystery of the collectors is cool. It is an amazing, amazing, amazing game. And it makes me, you know, I like Andromeda. Don't get me wrong. The more I play Andromeda, the more I just get a little bit sad when I then think about these games. But anyways, mm. number three. <sighs> number three for me is, as you <clears throat> mentioned earlier, Uncharted 3, which we've talked about a little bit. But I want to just add a little bit on to here. I prefer how Uncharted 3 took a more personal approach to storytelling, telling the story, more stories yeah. of relationships and I, I personally like the Reed. overall story of La- Lawrence of Arabia a lot better than I like the Sir Francis Drake storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I just feel like they just they did it better. They I I like how it gives you like kind of backstory on Drake a little bit. Like you don't get much backstory on Drake as like how he grew up. I mean you don't get a lot in Uncharted Three, but you still get like a little bit more acquainted with how these characters are related, especially the relationship between Nate and Sully. It's, I just like how it sets up the, those relationships to yeah. advance and how they advance. And it has my favorite scene in Uncharted games, as we've Which done is? in another episode. Um, the one where he washed up on the shoreline after the after he was captured by pirates and he's in that uh, room with Elena. Yeah. That is a very good moment. Mm. Number two, Bioshock. Bioshock is a is a fucking masterpiece, man. I mean, I just remember playing through this game the first time 
and just being 100% blown away, but, you know, just marathoning this game, literally. I played this game all day to finish it, and it, it is still, to me, one of the most memorable video game experiences you can have. Um, the combat's cool. The, the power-ups you can get are very neat. The story is amazing. I feel this is a very important game, too, at the time. This was a game that just kind of took video game storytelling and atmosphere to another level. And it just, the mastermind of Ken Levine, man. I mean, the guy is amazing at making video games. And uh, this game is, is awesome. I mean, I just feel Bioshock is just one of the most iconic games of all time with like the big daddy. Like he's just one of the most iconic video game characters, period. Uh, and just the first time you see one of those guys just kind of lurking around and the first time you actually piss one off and get into a fight with it, it's just, it's kind of frightening. It's crazy. Or, you know, or you're just walking down a hallway and there's just these voices going around everywhere and then shit just starts jumping out at you. It's like, wow. It is really, really really amazing and this is absolutely a game that 100 percent to me still holds up mm. i just feel this is a video game that everybody should play if you have a chance it's on my shame list <sighs> i'm disgusted at you <laughs> jesus we're, we're just a couple of nasty men yeah mm. definitely all right. Well, my number two is, I don't know how well you know me if you can't guess that Ratchet and Clank, A Crack in Time, would be on my list. This one, that game narrowly missed mine, I'll say. Oh, man. Fucking Ratchet and Clank, favorite franchise, hands down. My favorite franchise, all time. You have your Jack and Daxter. I guess it would have been updated to Uncharted or whatever you updated to. I have never strayed from Ratchet & Clank being my favorite game series. Mm-hmm. And Crack in Time is like the modernization that I want to see in an actual new Ratchet & Clank game, not the whatever, the reimagining of the first game that they made for PlayStation 4. I think a Crack in Time, just it was just a bigger game. It had... Like, all these different planets you could go to, these different moons you could explore and do different puzzles on. I just think there was so a wide breadth of content and a crack in time, and it was just, it had, like, side quests and stuff like that. Like, there was, it, a lot of games, like, a lot of the Russian Clank games, like, you might have, like, one or two side quests per planet. I, I think a crack in time just had a ton that spanned across multiple planets. And it's, mm. yeah, I love it. In in the actual time mechanics, yes, and the missions you do with Clank are just so cool. Yes, so cool. And this, I, I thought the story was actually really cool too. Yes, it was. Like discovering like the Lombax is like they are so close, but so you can't. Mm. You kind of yeah. feel feel for Ratchet a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's absolutely the best Ratchet and Clank game. Mm-hmm. On no, on PS3, maybe you could probably argue the best one. Period. I, I there's an argument to be made for that. So, for sure. 
I think I think it is the best of all of them. Like if they did like a rem like they ported this forward to PlayStation 4, I think it would look if oh, this game oh, oh man, <laughs> it would look so beautiful. Yeah, I because I like the new Ratchet and Clank that's on PlayStation 4. I really do. I just think it's too small. I I like mm-hmm. how big Ratchet and Clank are cracking time is. It there's just so much to do in that and yeah. Yeah. It's still got that funny writing. I love I love their sense of humor. Mhm. Yeah. Number one. And we I, both share this. I feel like we share both share it. I have The Last of Us as my number one game. Right on. Yeah. But making this list, this was absolutely the easiest one to put on. The easiest spot to, to fill. I mean, this game's a masterpiece. This might be I would actually I, I would have to really think about that. This might be my favorite video game of all time. It's just I find its gameplay to be very good. Very, very good. And then its multiplayer is so well done. And and it's just crazy when you're playing a single player and you go, Wow, this gameplay is really cool, sneaking around, blah blah blah, you know, very brutally killing dudes with shotguns to the face and stuff. And then you go play the multiplayer and it's like, wow, this gameplay really translates well. It's that's a legitimately like a lot of people don't talk about, but that's one of the best parts of The Last of Us in my opinion. Um but then it's the story. I mean I haven't felt the feels in a video game like with The Last of Us. In the story is so memorable, and the first time you play through it, it's just, it just blows you away. The voice acting um, between Joel and, and Ellie and Troy Baker, and you know, they're just—it's phenomenal. It just takes games to a whole nother level, and um, it's just—it still blows me away. And I, I, I've played—I've replayed through this game a lot too. And every time, it still still hits pretty hard, you know? And there's just some iconic moments. Mm-hmm. Iconic moments in the most depressing way, because this is a very depressing game. But you just, the whole time playing as Joel, you, you feel this bond between them, and their relationship all the way up to the end is, is crazy. And then its ending, I feel, is just perfect. I would have been 100% okay without a sequel to this game. But it's Naughty Dog. I believe in them. I believe they can do it. So we'll see. Mm. Why is it your number one? For many of the same reasons you've mentioned, um, I, I'd say I'd side strong, most strongly to, toward the story of it and um, the performances and just the technical aspect of like the, the way that they move forward like, with like facial motion tracking and that kind of stuff. I just yeah. feel like that this took a giant leap in the technical department when it comes to animation and making things realistic um definitely and i see the gameplay actually in the single player i felt like the stealth mechanics sometimes just didn't didn't vibe with me like i i felt like that sometimes i was getting caught when i felt like i was doing everything right um that see even though it has those problems, though, I think it makes up for it by still just being a solid game even when you do screw up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I just... I, 
I kind of have a love affair with this game. It's like yeah, me too. And every time I think about it, I'm like, damn, that was just. I don't think another game has done what it's done. And I, and I don't yeah. and I don't see any games that are coming up other than maybe part 2 that might rival it. I mean, Uncharted Uncharted 4 was a great story, but it just didn't hit on those same beats as The Last of Us did. Yeah. There there's never been a video game that hit me like The Last of Us did, for sure. I mean, it is such a special special game to play through the first time. Repeat playthroughs is still fantastic, but the first time you play it, it's like wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it definitely like blows it, you away. You it does a it. The thing I think it does the better than any other game is conveying emotion from the characters. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell how bitter and angry Joel is sometimes, and like how afraid Ellie is. Especially yeah. in that one scene where she gets very, very violent. You can tell that that's just a reaction out of fear, and it's just like, man, it just hits hard. Like, there are so many, it has the most cinematic moments of any video game. Like, it, it's yes. the game that you show people to tell them that video games can be, like, can tell a very good story. And can, yeah. can be can rival movies in the way that like you have these moments that just stick with people. Yeah, definitely. It's and even, you know, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson kill it as characters, but even like the the other more supporting characters, you know, Tara's amazing in the moment where spoilers, you have 5 seconds to skip ahead a little bit if you've never played the last of us but the moment that maybe hit me the most besides the very beginning when joel's daughter dies was when sam kills himself yeah because his son is his brother brother right yes his his, got infected yes it's like that moment i was like wow like that that is a very heavy moment of like he kills himself, and then the game immediately cuts to black. Yeah, it's just it's like, so it's just so it's heavy. It's so instant too. It's like, and it's it's everything coming together, like sound design and all. Like you can, mm. yeah. And I, I another thing I love about this game is how it sprinkles in environmental storytelling. Like you get like these little notes, this whole story about this other character that doesn't even appear in the game, Ishmael. You get his whole story told in the game. You get all these little environmental clues that tell you, like, there's, like, this one scene where you're going through, like, these kind of aqueducts or sewers or kind of thing where there was a settlement, and you can see, like, little environmental storytelling in there. Like, it's just, it's speckled everywhere. If you if you look hard enough, you'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also a game with just a lot of memories associated to it. I remember being uh, in college when this game came out and I played through it, but one of my one of my classmates who lived on you know at on campus, uh, he was playing through the game for the first time. And I would like just go to into his dorm after class and just play The Last of Us for like an hour or two every day and like that type of stuff. And you know, all my friends discovering it and stuff, you know, it is a lot of memories associated with this game for sure. Yeah. yeah, just I, makes me that much more excited for part two, man. But 
Oh, I remember crap. living alone and not being old enough to buy alcohol and just crying anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because yep. I, I don't cry very easily. This game is like one of the few games that like moves me in that in that kind of emotional way. Yeah, for sure. I need to replay this game. Hmm. Yeah. That's it. Right. Um, I mean, you got any other shout-outs? I got a few games I just want to shout-out to really quick. Okay. Um, Far Cry 3. I think Far Cry 3 is great. It has great villains and stuff. And it really established that Ubisoft open-world formula. But, the you know, it's first time through really awesome uh skyrim if i was to make a best of the generation i would probably have skyrim in the top 10 but because you know the ps3 version of skyrim really isn't the best uh i did not put it on my list but skyrim is honestly probably better than a lot of these games um as a game so um ratchet and clank crack of time for me red dead redemption is one that i think is incredible god of war 3 uh, Dishonored, The Walking Dead, the first season, I still think is very, very good, um, especially you know at the time and everything. Tomb Raider, and I'm just going to give it a shout out. Most people don't think about these games anymore, but man, when the beginning of the generation to the middle of it and all kinds of stuff, they were phenomenal rock band. Okay. Rock Band was fucking awesome. I played a lot of Rock Band. That game was that game's great. So yeah. Yeah. Um I didn't make a list, but off the top of my head I can think of a few. Um I shit. Now now that I lost them. Uh probably put Mass Effect three somewhere on there. Uh, that's personally my favorite of the original trilogy. Um uh, I put Oblivion over Skyrim, honestly. That's just my personal preference because I just like that game's world better. Um, let's see. What else, what else did I... Man. Oh, wow. Now now I'm just blanking. Um, yeah. Tales, of, Tales of Graces F I played, and I, I really like that. That's a cool JRPG. The Tales series is... A, it's a long-running series, so, yeah. Yes. I, I like... I like that one particularly well. Um, it wasn't a great game, but I liked what Mag tried to do. Mm, Massive yeah. action game. It's yep. this first-person shooter where like you have an attacking and defending team, and like you have different stages that you go to, and like it's. I, I just thought that was a really brilliant concept for a game. Um, yeah. Also, Ace Combat Assault Horizon. I liked. Mm. Trying yeah. to think of others. But, uh, yeah, I think that's just where I'll leave it. The the more I think about Last Generation 2, like, it was a very good generation, man. I mean, yeah, it went on long and stuff, but fuck, there was a lot of amazing video games. Especially some game changers, which is awesome. So, it was a great generation, too, for new IP. Oh, if we, if we want to go uh, with uh, games that are on PlayStation 3, I, I'm going to put Persona 5 there right now. I'm just going to put Persona 5 as an honorable mention because it looks so yeah. fucking great, and I think the art style will uh, translate to the PS3 version. I'd imagine. I'd imagine. Oh, man. That was yeah. a podcast. I think this is the longest podcast we've recorded. We're going on two hours. Oh, shit. You might be right. 
And holy yeah. shit, I only have 15 minutes to edit this bitch. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man, my life flashing before me. This has been the PlayStation Report episode 56. I'm one of your dudes, Frank, alongside Tyler. You can find the PlayStation Report on Twitter at PS Report Podcast. You could also email us at PlayStation Report Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me at the Arctic Sloth, and you can find Tyler at Plugged On Vids, which is the YouTube channel you're watching this on if you're on YouTube. If you're not, or even if you are, if you like this, you know, you hit that thumbs up. If you want to see more, you can subscribe. They got other stuff like music reviews, and they talk about other, like, movies and shit in their weekly breakdown that they release every week. Yeah, except the past few weeks. It's yeah. been, a little, been a little sporadic, but we'll get You could also give us them ratings on iTunes. Give us give us reviews. Give us them five stars, baby. We like yes. them five stars. And we're going to be at it again next week. I'm not sure what we'll talk about specifically. We'll probably get some news. We'll see if we get news. Star Wars Celebration coming up. We might get news on that Battlefront game. Mm-hmm. But we're just going to leave you to your own devices. Be kind to each other, and we'll catch you next Friday on the PlayStation Report. Bye. We're out. <laughs>